In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as we come for worship this day. Just a couple of quick announcements. Um, Church Council met last week, and uh, you may have heard that we are still going to require masking uh, within the church. Uh, So please remember that. So wear your mask properly and uh, try to observe social distancing as much as possible. Uh, We are going to have a Good Friday service here at Carmen. That will be Friday the 15th of April at 11 a.m. this year. So we'll have a a Good Friday service. We will also have an Easter morning sunrise service. And that will be at 6 a.m. on Indian Beach. Uh, Sadly, no breakfast this year. Hopefully, maybe next year we'll get back to our meals. And then we'll have Easter service here at 11 a.m. on Easter Sunday uh, with communion. The offering will be, is, is available at the back of the church, or you can drop your check off to Joyce or uh, make your offering electronically, whatever is comfortable for you. We also talked at the council meeting uh, about our deficit. You know, we are running a $3,600 deficit per month. We are bringing just about $5,000 in in givings per month, but our expenses are $9,600 per month. So I just want to make you aware of that, that that's $3,600 of a shortfall per month so far for January and February. So if there's anything you can do to help us out with that, we would appreciate that. Our annual meeting will be on April 24th, and reports should be ready within the next couple of weeks. And we'll have those ready for you to look at before our meeting on the 24th. Are there any other announcements to share this week? Our practicing prayer group will meet here in the sanctuary following the service, and so for those who have been following along with the practicing prayer study. Let's just now take a moment to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. light this candle to remember Jesus Christ, light of the world, walks with us through our daily activities, through our daily lives, so that we may know the light of the world within us as well. Let us now join together in a responsive psalm, Psalm 145. We praise you, O God, We bless your holy name. Every day we will bless you and praise your name forever. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your marvelous deeds. Praise you, O God, we bless your holy name. You, God, are righteous in all your ways and loving in all your deeds. You fulfill the desire of those who revere you. You hear their cry and you save them. 
My mouth shall speak your praise, O God. We praise you, O God, we bless your holy name. Let's join together in our opening prayer. Lord, we gather as your children in this season of preparation. As we walk with Jesus to the cross, may we lay down our sins and receive the gift of love you have for us. May we draw closer to our Savior, who is your Son, and the life, live the life you have in store for us. We pray in his most holy name. Amen. Our opening hymn today is Jesus Shall Reign.
Today's reading is from the uh, book of John, chapter 18, verses 28 to 40. Early in the morning, Jesus was taken from Capiah's house to the governor's palace. The Jewish authorities do not go inside the palace, did not go inside the palace, for they wanted to keep themselves ritually clean in order to be able to eat the Passover meal. So Pilate went outside to them and asked, what do you accuse this man of? Their answer was, we would not have brought him to you if he had not committed a crime. Pilate said to them, then you yourselves take him and try him according to your own law. They replied, we are not allowed to put anyone to death. This happened in order to make come true what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he would die. Pilate went back into the palace and called Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews, he said. Jesus answered, does this question come from you or have others told you about me? Pilate answered or replied, do you think I am a Jew? If you, it was your own people and the chief priests who helped you who handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus said, my kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom belonged to this world, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish authorities. No, my kingdom does not belong here. So Pilate asked him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. I was born and came into the world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. And what is the truth, Pilate asked. Then Pilate went back outside to the people and said to them, I cannot see any reason to condemn him, but according to the custom you have, I always set free a prisoner for you during the Passover. Do you want me to set free for you the king of the Jews? They answered him with a shout, no, not him. We want Barabbas, the word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, as we gather in your presence this day, as we gather around your word, as we walk with Jesus to the cross, Lord, we ask that you speak and walk with us. Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable today in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Fake news, fake news, fake news. If there was a statement or a phrase that I think I wish I could ban right about now, it would be fake news. This is, of course, a phrase made famous by the previous administration of the United States of America, but we have continued to hear it in recent months and weeks. Uh, we've seen it as part of the uh, anti-vaccine, anti-mandate protests that have been ongoing uh, over the last number of months, uh, and most notably with the illegal occupation of downtown Ottawa, as they all shout fake news. And we watch these protests and we see them go up to reporters and physically and verbally abuse them, shouting fake news, when all they're trying to do is do their job and report on what's going on. In reality, the news is not fake. The reporters, again, they're just doing their jobs. They're trying to report on the events as they unfold, often in real time. But while they're not fake, they are biased. Every media source has a bias. There is a target audience they are trying to reach with their message. They are trying to sell a product, so to speak. So when someone uh, slams a particular broadcaster as being fake news, but then say that they watch this other particular news source, then that person is then showing their own particular bias as to what kind of news they want to hear. If someone gives me a hard time for watching CBC, but then tells me to wake up and watch Fox News, they are revealing to me their own particular bias for the news they wish to receive. All news is biased in some way. No matter what the source may be, the culture of the newsroom is to sell a product, so they have a particular bias as to who they want to sell to. It's up to us as receivers, as, as watchers of this news, to decide if we can stomach their particular bias or not. Or maybe we watch different news sources to try to figure out what the actual truth, the nugget of truth, might be behind a story. All major news agencies, we could probably argue, are not fake. But they are biased. It's up to us to actually figure out what the truth might be if we're so inclined to know what that truth is. And then you add in things like social media, like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all the others. They just make it more complicated. Because we are bombarded with messages on an hourly or more basis if, we're, if we want to. And some of these stories we receive from these sources seem to con contradict one another, even though they're talking about the same event. And yes, there is most certainly fake news sources out there. There are groups of people, organizations, who want to spread a particular message. And so they will manipulate other things to create their fake news that others will believe, whether it's by sound bites or, or just flat out lying and taking things out of context to spread their message. 
So we need to be careful when we're watching the news, how we're receiving the news, where we're getting it from. Now more than ever, I'd say, because there's just so many places we can receive news. And we need to figure out what to do with it when we get it. It's not unlike what Pilate was facing when Jesus was brought before him early in the morning that day. When we were last together, Jesus was being questioned by the high priest, Annas. And Annas didn't like the answers he was getting, so he sent him off to his son-in-law, Caiaphas. And then today we read, Caiaphas sent Jesus off to Pilate to be dealt with. Pilate is the Roman representative in Jerusalem. It is his sole job to collect taxes and to keep the peace as the Romans rule the land they have conquered. So Pilate, being woken up early in the morning, is puzzled by why Jesus is there with him. You see, he doesn't like to get involved with local Jewish problems. He prefers to let them handle it themselves. All he wants to do is be a good representative of Rome. He wants to collect the taxes, keep the peace. That's all he wants to do. He, he likes the perks of his job when he does it well. And by doing it well, it usually means he rules with a, with a bit of a strong hand by keeping people in a certain amount of fear of what the Romans can do to them. So as he stands there looking at Jesus, he can't figure out why Jesus is here. So he goes back to the Jewish religious leaders and he says, what charges do you have against this man? What are you you accusing him of? And their answer is quite vague. They say, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have brought him before you. So Pilate's not happy with that answer, so he tries to push it back to them. He says, here, you, take him. Judge him by your own laws then. Deal with him yourself. He wanted nothing to do with this minor religious problem going on in a city. And so the Jewish leaders reply, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. A picture Pilate just kind of frustrated, just shaking his head and walking back inside to, to deal with this problem that he's got to deal with now. And so he tries to talk to Jesus himself. And he asks what seems to be a pretty straightforward question. He looks at Jesus and says, are you the king of the Jews? Pretty straightforward. But Jesus answers him, do you ask this on your own or did some others tell you about me? Now Pilate's getting frustrated. He says, what do I know? Am I Jew? Your people handed you over to me. What did you do? And Jesus answers, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. My kingdom is not from this world, Jesus says. Jesus is declaring himself a ruler. He's naming himself as a king but he's not a king of this world, at least not yet. His kingdom is not from here, and as we find out, his kingdom is far, far greater. Now Pilate is showing he doesn't understand this at all. He doesn't know what Jesus is talking about, so he says, 
So you are a king? And Jesus replies, you say I'm a king. For this I was born, for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, he says. And then Pilate asks, what is truth? What a wonderful question that is. What is truth? And there's many ways we can look at this. What is truth in a world that screams fake news? What is truth in a world that is trying to live within a global pandemic? What is truth on a planet in the midst of a climate crisis? What is truth as we are just simply trying to live our lives? What is truth? Jesus said he was born for the sole purpose of testifying to the truth. And there's really only one truth Jesus could possibly be talking about when you look at the story of his life. He's talking about the truth of God and God's heavenly kingdom. I want to go take us back to Psalm 145 that we read earlier on in the service. And in in verses 10 to 13 it reads, All of your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. When I read that, alongside what we read when Jesus responds to Pilate about whether or not he's the king, I hear a bit of echo. Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. The writer of the psalm, King David, says this kingdom, this kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Jesus said he has come to testify to God's truth and that everyone who hears his voice will belong to the truth. King David writes that the faithful will speak of the glory of God's kingdom and tell of his power. The truth of God's kingdom is far greater than any truth that we can find on this earth. God's kingdom is is perfect, it's eternal, it's, it's glorious, and only the righteous shall enter it. The righteous children of God will enter, which is why Jesus came. Jesus came to speak of the power of God to the people, to speak truth to the people, so that they may join him in God's glorious eternal kingdom. Jesus also mentioned that if he were the king of this earth, the people would be fighting to set him free from his punishment. But there's no one. The disciples, they've gone into hiding. Peter has denied him three times. Jesus is alone to face this trial and this punishment. There is no one there to save him. There are no lawyers to represent him. There are no witnesses to testify to his innocence. There's no army at the gates of the city fighting to get in to save him. Jesus is facing all of this alone. Thus showing his kingdom is not from this world. 
Now I realize I said something a moment ago that may cause a bit of concern. When, we were, when I was talking about the kingdom that Jesus represents is not of this world, I said that only the righteous children of God will enter it. So what's the problem? The problem is, if we truly look at our lives, none of us are truly righteous. Yes, we have good in us. Yes, we do good most of the time. But righteous, if we're perfectly honest with ourselves, none of us are righteous. If we base ourselves on our own ability to live righteous lives, none of us qualify for God's eternal kingdom. Now this may not sound like a great moment of hope now, does it? But if you want some good news, let's turn to Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 26. Then Paul writes this, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Paul says it, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But, he continues, he says they are now justified by his grace as a gift. Jesus proved himself to be righteous and he justifies those who have faith in him. In other words, we are made righteous by the blood of Jesus. As we continue through these final hours of the life of Jesus on this earth, there's really one thing we need to keep in mind. As he undergoes interrogation, as he's abandoned by his friends, as, he, as he's beaten and battered, spit on and yelled at, as he's hung on the cross, as, as he takes his last breath, he does all of this because he is fighting a battle. Remember, Jesus is a king, but he's not a king from this world. There's no great army that he's leading. He is alone. The king is fighting a hostile enemy on his own. And he's fighting it for you. He's fighting because he knows none of us are righteous. He's fighting this battle because he knows none of us can fight it on our own. He, so he fights it alone, all alone for you. He knows what is to come. He knows his blood will be shed on the cross and he will give up his life. But it's all part of the battle plan. He will shed his blood for you so that on resurrection morning, on Easter morning, when he walks out of the grave, those of us who believe will join our king in his victory 
knowing we will join him in his kingdom, his eternal kingdom, by our faith in him. His victory is the victory for all who follow him in every generation. By his blood, we are made righteous. Because he died for our sin. He died for our unrighteousness. His victory is your victory. Believe in him and we become citizens of his kingdom. And that's all it takes. Believe in him. Follow him. Seek him in your life and you will join him in his kingdom. This is the truth Jesus wants us to know. It's not fake news. This is the truth of God and his righteousness. Now Jesus Christ may not be the king of the present world yet, but he is the king of the world that is to come. And for all who believe in him, for all who follow him, we become residents of his kingdom for all eternity. And we do this by his blood shed on the cross and his victory over death and evil in his resurrection. So come. Come receive the love of Christ in your heart today as he reveals God's truth to us and we let him lead us into his righteousness. This is the truth. The love of God is offered to you today through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King, who invites us to join him in his victory over death and evil of this world by making us righteousness righteous by shedding his blood for us on the cross. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us sing together, come let us sing of a wonderful love.
We acknowledge that we give from our hearts as we receive our offering this day. Let us sing together the doxology. From whom Let us pray together. There we go. Lord, we humbly present our offering to you this day. May you bless it and multiply it for your glory. Amen. Let us join together in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we gather this day ever thankful for the gift you have given to us that through your blood, through our faith in you, we become righteous and are worthy of entering the kingdom that you have prepared for us. Lord, we are so thankful to gather as a church. We're so thankful for family and friends that we see in this place. We ask your blessing upon our church as we continue to seek ways in which to serve you in our community. Lord, we, we thank you again for so much in our lives. But we also come to you with hearts full of worry and caring and, and, and wonder. Lord, we, we continue to pray for Ukraine. Lord, we pray for the people who are fleeing bombs and gunfire in their streets and in their homes. Lord, we pray that they are safe, that they are protected, and that they will know peace this day by the power of your Spirit. And Lord, we pray for Russia. We pray for those who march through those streets with weapons of war. And we pray, O oh God, that they will lay them down and seek peace. Lord, we pray for the Russian government that they will become wise and see the pain they are inflicting on an innocent people, and that they too will seek peace. We pray for the world and its leaders as they seek ways in which to bring and facilitate peace to that area of the world. And we also acknowledge that there are other places of war on this planet, and we pray for peace in those places as well. Lord, we pray as COVID is ever continuing to spread around us. And Lord, we ask for your protection. We ask for healing for those who are impacted, especially for those who are experiencing um, symptoms and, and effects of long COVID as they still struggle to, to be active and breathe and do things that they used to do before they had it. Lord, we pray for our schools, that they may continue to be places of safety and learning. We pray for teachers and administrators. We pray for everyone, O oh God, who is touched in one way or another by this virus. 
Lord, the world says we can live normal lives, but the reality is we cannot. We must seek to keep one another safe and protected from a, from a potentially harmful disease, virus. And so, Lord, we pray for wisdom in our own lives as we seek to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we lift up to you the prayers of our hearts this day as we name those we are praying for. Lord, you are the God of truth. You are the God of healing. You are the God of peace and comfort. You are the God of righteousness. So Lord, as we follow your Son, Jesus Christ, with all our lives, bring that righteousness, bring that peace, that comfort into our own lives so that we may serve you, that we may may proclaim your glory as we read in Psalm 145 that we may be agents of your cause in this world. Lord, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn today is Beneath the Cross of Jesus.
My friends, may we know that the truth is available to us each and every single day. The truth of God and his righteousness is entering into us through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let us go into the world proclaiming God's goodness to all we meet through actions, through words, and through love. May we go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.